Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that's according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing obey. Amen. Today the scripture tells us about a great banquet. One where the master has offered many invitations. Maybe he's even offered you an invitation. But the guests, are you this kind of guest? They send back regrets. They're too busy with everything else in life. They have their hands full with their business, with consumption, with family. Their hands are full. They're out to be something in the world. And they know, like we do, that if you want to be something in the world, you have to get started on it. You have to get started early. We're consumed with starting early, getting started. This Halloween, I had the pleasure of, of walking my kids through the neighborhood with Pastor Edwin, who was wearing an adult-sized Care Bear costume. <laughs> Lots of memories were had. <laughs> and looks were exchanged by concerned homeowners. <laughs> I was glad to have Pastor Edwin with me though because I loathe going to the door with the children to ask trick or treat. I can remember one Halloween I, I took my son Max to the door and just as Max was struggling to spit out thank you for his candy haul, a mob of preteens flew in behind us and we squeezed through them to make our way back out onto the street. And as we did, I heard all of them say, what'd they say? Trick or treat. Don't think people at Kirk in the Hills know anything about Halloween. <laughs> what did they say? trick-or-treat and but one one did not say trick-or-treat I heard one say hi my name is Jake and my dad works for State Farm <laughs> tonight I'm sharing his card and he would love to help you with your insurance needs <laughs> get him started early Starting early. Sometimes we get so obsessed with starting early on the human stuff that we end up asking, is it too late on the God stuff? And that is exactly how the Pharisees would have 
understood the parable that Jesus offers them today. For them, any mention of the feast, and Jesus uses that image time and time again, any mention of the feast would have turned their minds to a traditional wedding celebration. And this is how weddings worked. The groom would approach the father of the bride and petition him for his daughter's hand in marriage. And if the petition was accepted, the groom would go away for a period of time. During that time, the bride would prepare herself in anticipation of the feast. And then the groom would return to perform the ritual and take her to the feast. Now, if this sounds old-fashioned, it is. It's 2,000 years old-fashioned. And yet, old as it is, if you don't know about the groom going away and coming back for the bride and taking her to the feast, You'll miss something as the Gospels regularly connect the church and Jesus as bride and groom. But the Pharisees, who are the same kind of upstanding, get-started-early people as we are, they understand what's going on immediately in this story. They understand it and they realize that they are the ones being held up for making excuses and they are the ones about to be too late for the heavenly feast and now they're asking themselves as the table gets filled with the most surprising of guests gentiles and broken women and sick men they're asking themselves is it too late for me have the pharisees been have we been so obsessed with starting early on the human stuff that we are now asking, we are now asking, is it too late on the God stuff? Has it been too long? Are you now too late for the feast? We do this church thing and we put on the clothes and we got to be very careful that what we're doing is not performative but instead opening ourselves up to the transformative or else we'll be too late be like a kid that gets put to bed too early. You know, I baptized Eli Edwin Estevez and he didn't even notice. <laughs> and I turned to his mother and I said, boy, nothing, nothing rattles him. And she says, well, wait till nighttime. <laughs> That's how kids are, especially if you put them to bed too early. Can you imagine putting a, putting a, Eli to bed too early, maybe a couple years from now and put him into bed and into, their, into his dimly lit room and you tuck him in and you go back to what you're doing and he shows up in the hallway, right? Back in the living room and so it's time for bed, you say, and you put him, you put him on your shoulder and you take him back to that dimly lit room 
You go back to what you're doing and he, and he does it again and you take him back again and as you do, he grabs the back of your shirt and he kicks at you a bit as he enters, enters his bedroom. Out there, he'll keep saying. Out there. He'll be standing up in bed and he'll be pointing to where the door is open just a crack and where the light is, is coming in just a little bit. Baby, it's late, you'll tell him. And the tears will stream down his cheeks. This is what happens when you try to put a child to bed too early. They just, they just cry and they sob. And, and then they offer one last time, out there, it's not too late. I insist that it's not too late for me. Take me to where the light is. Take me to where the people are. Take me to where life is still happening. As Jesus' parable closes, that child's words become the words of the Pharisees and they become our words because oh, for that to be the way that we are with God. Don't leave me here in this dimly lit place. Don't let it be that this is all that there is, that it's too late for me to be part of the feast. Don't let it be that this is all that there is. I want to be out there where life is happening, where there's a great feast that I know I've been missing out on. I'm desperate to be out there because I know, because, because I didn't know before, but I know now, I didn't know what I was missing. I didn't know that the most, most of the things that started early on in life could have waited. I didn't know that the banquet nourishment was so essential to be a real live human. Now I know though, now I know that that unnamed melancholy that I feel is not born from a bad day or a bad job or a bad debt or even a bad marriage or a bad diagnosis. It's because I know that the, this creeping emptiness has legs because I live in a, in a cosmic distance from the great feast and on the rare occasion that I get very quiet with myself. I tremble from the quiet fear that I've missed out that it's too late. I'm going to let this whole thing pass me by, getting started early on the things that could have waited. Now it's too late for me to be where I wanted to be at that feast right there with God. This small time I have on this planet. No? But there's room. That's the gospel. That's what I come to preach today. There's room. The servant, so diligent in the work of the master, comes back to tell him that the invited guests won't be coming, right? What does the master say? Take to the streets and to the alleys, he says. Go to the blind and the crippled and the lame. Get out there. And the servant does. And when he returns, he's glad to bring back better news to the master. They've come, but there's more room. Well, then, says the master, go out to the roads and go out to the country lanes. Go out, go out, go out until my house is full. And the servant does. And the servant is. The servant is about the streets and the alleys and the roads and the country lanes. 
The servant journeys from here to eternity in this quest for filling the table for his master. He's filling it with the poor and the discouraged, the lame and the left out, the haphazard and the mistake riddled. And even those that have made excuses in the past, he's tireless, this servant. I wonder if the servant is even here this morning calling you to the feast. Has he taken to this country road? He's tireless. Do you know why? It's difficult to know why, but perhaps it's because of what happened to his mother on the night that he was born. It was a cold night in Bethlehem when she was told by an innkeeper, there is no room. There was no room for Mary. There was no room for Joseph. There was no room for Jesus. But the good news is that because of him, there is more room. Room at the banquet of hope and life for you and for us. And so, Kirk in the Hills, you who have been many things in your first 74 years, you will be many things in your next season too. That said, if you are anything, let it be that you are at the banquet, on time. Go now even, set your hearts on the feast alongside him because it's not too late. Amen.